Greetings. Welcome to the Money Script Podcast. I'm your host, Johanse Harrison, financial advisor and financial literacy educator. In each episode, you'll hear incredible interviews and get tips and strategies that you can implement into your daily life to help you improve your money script and grow your wealth. Thank you for taking some time with me today. Let's get into this episode of the Money Script. since I have a three-syllable guest, uh, Johanse Harrison, and I'm here with a, a, an amazing young man, uh, Desarte Yarnway of Burknell, Bur- is it Burknell or Burknell? Burknell. Burknell Financial Group uh, and the Young Money Podcast. Oh man, this brother, welcome. Welcome to the show. So happy to have you. Um, you. I, I have to tell you that, that uh, see, I've been in business for, for uh, it's been about 20 years now. And, mm-hmm. um, it's always been a very small community of, uh, Brown and black people in the financial services industry. We'd go to conferences and, you know, there was a time where I saw the, the amount of women in financial services doubling almost every single year. Whereas as far as the, the, the brothers, man, we, we was just, just us for, for a few years there. So coming out as, as an RIA, and uh, I did think I was alone. I did for for a long time. I mean, I, I I knew there were other advisors out there, but I didn't know there was anyone else out there that had a podcast that was active on Twitter, that was engaged with the community, that had a war chant and and stood for something more than just buying some stocks and bonds or some annuities or whatever it is. So, uh, I man, hats off to you. When I grow up, I want to be just like you. Um, I, I do. I'm, I'm serious. When I, I saw your podcast, probably I did not see your podcast before I launched mine. It wasn't until after I launched mine where it said, oh, you may like this. And I was like, how would you know that? <laughs> so um, but uh, I was happy to see that you were out there. You've got a great podcast, Young Money Podcast. Definitely download that one. Let that be in, in part of your 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 uh, your arsenal of good information. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. So go ahead. I know I introduced you, but. Hop on in here. Um, tell us, tell us about the the onward chant that you scream every morning on Twitter. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for reaching out to me um, to be on your podcast. Right. I think it's one thing to find your community or your tribe within this financial services space, and it's another thing to collaborate with each other. Um, being here, my thing about just community in general is collaboration over competition. So when I see somebody else that's a young, ambitious advisor, I don't want to make you my competition. I would rather collaborate with you. So just as you invited me on your podcast, I hope that you accept my offer and you join me on the Young Money Podcast so we can do it again. Um, So I I appreciate you for sure. Um, In terms of onward to greatness, it depends on how far you want to go back. Um, I like to start with my parents. We're West African. We're from Liberia, a country that was ravaged by 14 years of civil war. And when I think about Onward to Greatness, I think that those two individuals, Tennessee and Lambe, exemplified that, right? Um, my, my mom was born on a rubber plantation called the Firestone Plantation, which is 1,000 acres of rubber, natural rubber in Liberia, where they harvested rubber, right? She like harvested rubber as a child, walked 15 miles to school and back, sold fish at the market, and did it every single day. My, my dad was born in the northeastern part of Liberia, which is called Nimba County. I mean, he 
traditional African guy, born on a farm, right? Worked his way. And together they found themselves in the United States of America, right? They had six kids, me being the youngest and the only boy of the bunch. And when the war broke out, they pretty much, I mean, I say I have 60 brothers and sisters because they brought refugees to our house. We slept horizontally on the bed, right? And they worked their hardest to put food on and clothes on our backs, food on the table and clothes on the backs. So for me, when I think about greatness, I think about them. And onward to greatness to me means doing whatever is required of you to be the best that you can be at any given moment, right? And I think it starts with them. Now, for, for me, I have my own history at that. My, my father passed away in 2003. Um, I played football at the University of California. I had three surgeries um, before kind of finding myself here in the financial services space. Um, bounced around from different firms. I went from a large IRA to a brokerage to being the youngest vice president at a bank at Wall Street, um, all of which didn't really fit what I'm trying to do. But I, I noticed after my first surgery, I thought to myself, like, regardless if it works out here on the football field, regardless if I end up being a draft pick, I'm going to make sure that I'm great. I'm going to make sure that I set this bar of excellence. And in 2009, I wrote that on Facebook, Onward to Greatness. And it's just been something that's stuck. It's a reminder to celebrate those small victories, a reminder that growth sometimes hurts, and a reminder that if you give things time, they're going to they're gonna mature and manifest into their proper figures, right? So that's what I do, as you mentioned before, every day on Twitter, onward to greatness, and then we start the day. Man, man, incredible, incredible. So tell me, um, how old were you when you came to the U.S.? So I was actually born in the U.S. Oh, you were born, okay. So you're, you had older siblings that, no, 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 no. Everybody met, everybody was born in the U.S.? No, no, my siblings, I wanna say maybe out of six of us, four, Four were born in Liberia. Okay. Two of us were born here in the United States. My mother and father um, did it, right? We had a blended family. Um, my I got one my, of those. <laughs> directly, my, the sister above me was born here in San Francisco. I was born in San Francisco. But I'm in Liberia like once a year, right? So if I had to say what's home, it would probably be <laughs> Congo Town, back road in Liberia, where my father kind of grew up and like found himself. So, Yeah. Incredible. So and how long have you been in financial services? Uh, since I graduated. So almost approaching 10 years now. Uh, I think I'm on my eighth year, five running my business by myself. I started my business at the age of 24. And again, I went to every, I did everything in the industry, right? So I worked at the independent firm. Then I worked at the brokerage. Then I worked at the big bank, right? On Wall Street as a vice president, managed a hundred million there. So I'm going to these places. The first stop, I thought to myself, I'm like, Hmm, there's a secret here that we didn't get. There's a memo here that people that are in our community, if we're being direct, right, um, and beyond did not get. There's a memo. How to um, grow your money, transfer your money, preserve your wealth, right? There's a strategy for that, and we didn't get it. So I charged myself with the responsibility to be that Robin Hood in the wheel, to take this information from the rich and give it to the people that I thought needed it the most. And that's what I've been doing for the last eight years or so, right? So in doing that, I think there's just two different types of race, right? Everybody's into like multi-generational wealth creation and they think about that just from the, the resource standpoint. Like I gotta get my money up, get my assets up so I can transfer it to my kids, but we're missing this um, transfer of information. Mm. And I think as a financial advisor and investment counselor, you have the responsibility to help your, your clients do both. Not only transfer the resources, but like, hey, I wanna teach you some things so you're able to teach your tribe some things, right? 
and this transfer of information begins to happen. And I think some communities just have a head start with that. That's something that, that my clan has been saying for a while. It's actually how this podcast got started was conversations of the brothers. We would get together in LA that were yeah. all in financial services because I, I was running uh, a branch. Um, then a good friend of mine was running the whole state. And so we got to know all of the wholesalers um, mm-hmm. and other brothers that were at different firms at Merrill at Solomon Barney. So we would get together from time to time and, and the, our conversation uh, was always centered around access and mm-hmm. the lack of access of information. Uh, just like you were saying, it's it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you this house and a million dollars worth of life insurance and this will or trust or what have you. It's another thing to say, I'm going to teach you how to be a steward of these assets. I'm going to teach you how to grow your own. I'm going to teach you how to not need this million and let it be the education fund for your kids. Right. You know, um, and, and yeah, that, that, that was missing. I, I, I joke all the time about when I was 18, I got some money from grandma and yeah. it did not go to college. It didn't, yeah. it was yeah. cause I didn't, I didn't know any better. I didn't, I didn't know any better. It was, it was shoes and shoes, for my feet and shoes, for my car. So, right. uh, out of curiosity with, with your, um, I mean, you, you ended up in finance. I mean, was finance something that was a part of you in high school and in college? I mean, did you want to go into finance? What did you major in? Yeah, I know you were playing ball, but what did you major in? Um, and when I got hurt, I wanted to keep football was like my thing. It was my outlet, right? So I thought to myself, like, hey, I, I can stay out of trouble just being in the in the in the neighborhood that I was in, and I can have fun, and maybe this would pay for college, and it did, right? But when I got hurt. Mm, I had to think out the, outside the box. So I thought that I would be like an architect or some type of designer, um, be in real estate and build stadiums. That was my goal at the time. So that's what I was kind of shooting for. I landed up at an investment management firm. I saw that calling or that need, and I wanted to see if I could take a stab at fixing it. And I think being an advisor, I still get to do a lot of those things that a project manager would do, right? So if you're on a construction site, you're working with the construct workers, you're working with the architects, you're working with all these people to build a structure, right? To resurrect a structure. Um, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We're working in different like areas of finance to go ahead and try to design somebody's financial uh, life or their wealth, right? And that's what I tell all my clients. My job is to help you design your wealth. What does that look like for you? Wealth, not from a resource or just a dollar amount, but wealth in terms of the joy you get well, in seeing something happen, like sending your kids to school or uh, living this type of lifestyle, whether that be stress-free, your house is paid off, you're in retirement and you can actually retire without having to, you know, do a part-time job. Like, what does wealth mean to you? And we ask that to everybody that's on the podcast, because I think that we're charged with that responsibility when it comes to serving our clients. Man, you you, you are a professional interviewer. So with that, <laughs> we ask on every podcast... At what point in your life did you realize that money was a real object or something to spend, to invest? I mean, what, what was your first experience with money? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I'm associated with a lot of people now that probably have never heard the word no in their life. Like they just got stuff. Their parents were giving them everything, you know, um, and that wasn't the case for me. I heard no a lot. Right. So it's like, hey, no, you can't have those shoes or no, you can't do this, you know, or no, we can't pay for that. No. Do you think money grows on trees? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Especially coming from immigrant parents. So that wasn't my story. I was used to like saying like, I can't have that art. Let me think twice. How much does this cost before I ask my mom? Because I know that it, if this is not presented in the most like exquisite shark tank pitch way, she's going to say no. You know what I mean? And I that was yeah. me. Now, following all that, I was in the room when my parents filed for bankruptcy. Mm. Right. And I don't think they knew what they were doing, quite frankly, because they're immigrants. You know, they were just trying to do better. So we our project building that I was born in was demolished. We moved into a home that they purchased in maybe a couple wrong decisions or just not understanding what they were getting into. They filed for bankruptcy. So those two events really made money real for me, really made me to feel like, you know, this is something that can hurt your future you know, and change the way that you live. So I think that's my earliest memories. So how do you feel that that affects the way you make your financial decisions today and as an advisor, how you steer your clients? Yeah, I think that it makes me, you know, everybody has a risk tolerance, but in some ways I think that it helps me be more um, risk tolerant, if you will, which is weird, because you would think that it would do the opposite thing. I actually just wrote a piece in a book that I'm featured in. And it was entitled How I Invest My Money, right? And to me, the way that I think about money is making temporary sacrifices today that allows me to buy my time um, or be close to the things that I value. So for my money, I think that experience being being told no all the time, really made me to feel like, okay, why are they being, why are they saying no? Because they have to work a lot to get the money and they had a lot of responsibilities. Like, I don't, I want to have a worry-free life. So for me, it's like, what do I have to do today to be able to have a worry-free life? Because we had a lot of worry in our household, right? As it pertains to finance. So for my clients of myself, that's my biggest thing. And I think that's where the, st- the question of what wealth means to me stems from. Like, if this is joy to you, if this makes you feel wealthy, how can we get closer to that? And for me, a worry-free life is um, having time, having time, right? I didn't, I, I, I played football. I was an All-American in high school. Um, the first All-American in my city um, since like OJ Simpson. Mm. Right? Um, I went to Cal. I played ball at a high level. And my dad never watched me play a game from Pop Warner to high school because he passed away and he was working. You know what I mean? He was working. So for me, when I think about how that makes me manage my money, I want to be there for life's precious moments, right? So it's like, what do you have to do today to be able to have that time and live this worry-free life? And that's kind of my perspective from those early memories. Desarte, you, you do not know how much we have in common. I didn't play professional ball, but I had a, I have a similar story about my father not attending any of my sports through yeah. middle school and high school because he was working. Yeah. Um, we went through, my parents went through bankruptcy when, when I, I was in the room. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we lost the house. I would, I remember the auction, um, you know, and, and I, so I, I, yes, I, I, man, yes, I hear you. I, I yeah. hear you. I feel it. And um, now I think I got, I might have about your, how old are you now? I'm 29. I'm 20, 29. Man. Okay. So I, yeah, yeah, I got, I got about 11 years on you. So I just hit 40 last year. So, I mean, first of all, thank you for everything that you are contributing to your clients' lives, to just to the, to, to the, to the ecosystem on thought leadership, 
because I mean, this is amazing. This, this is what, as you said, this is the information that I feel people need to hear more than they need to hear how to diversify their portfolio. Cause I mean, you, you and I both know that there's tools for that. You, you can buy a tool for that, but when it yeah. comes to behavioral management and helping clients to really think about what it is they really want and what it is they're trying to create with their wealth. I mean, that, that is, that is, you can't put a price on that. You really can't, especially for people that are able to grasp it and say, okay, I get it. And and then they, they take our advice and we see them, their dreams come true. So, I mean, you, you're, well, let me ask it. When, when did you start your firm? Yeah. Um, to your point, before I get to that, I think you hit it on the head the industry has gotten the numbers right and the people wrong. And that's something that I'm trying to combat. At the end of the day, if you want to buy a stock or get some sort of intelligent portfolio, you can go there. They got robots for that. Like that job, that part of the job is taken care of, right? This is the experience and this is the major need to, to be, again, an investment counselor for our clients, to deal with the money, but also deal to their innermost feelings about their goals and what they want to see done with their money, right? And I think that that's where the true value add is. If you can sprinkle some community on top of that, well, better it's better for you, right? Um, so I'll just say that. In terms of starting my firm, I started my firm in 2015. Um, I remember the day just being in there, my brother, I had a loss in my family. I called him my brother, but he was one of the refugees brought to America, my closest, I would say, male sibling, if you will. Um, he passed away. In 2015, I'm thinking to myself, like, we have one shot at life. I lost my dad, I lost my bro. Like, anything that you want to do, do it. You know, do that thing. Like, if you have any desire to build something, like, this is your shot, you get one. Um, you have the opportunity to control your narrative. So every day when I went into that bank, I was getting paid very well. I was a young vice president. This was like for my African mom, her like claim to fame, like my son is on Wall Street as a young, vi <laughs> you know, vice president. Right? So every everything was seemingly great, but I had this growing desire to design my best life, you know? Um, so I remember September 14, 2015, I turned to my Blackberry. I looked at the bank manager and say, said, I'm, this is going to be my last day. Uh, I'm going to start something. I don't know how but I'm gonna do it. And a couple of days later, I drove up to Baltimore, Maryland um, and incorporated Burknell Financial Group. So crazy. Crazy. I, Money Script Wealth Management was born in 2015 as well. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yep. No, I, it is crazy. But hey, again, hats off to you. I, I, I can't say how much of an honor it is. I can say, I'm saying it. It is an honor. Thank you for spending some time with us. We, I, I, I hope that you are continuing to, to inspire lots of other young men and women, especially young men and women of color to join us in this financial services industry. We do, we need more minorities in this industry because there are, there is continues to be a large, a large amount of minorities that don't get access to this information. And, yeah. and, they, and, and we need it. That's, that's the community piece. We, we definitely need it. So to wrap up a couple of quick questions for you. Um, one, what is on your, what book is on your nightstand or an audible, however you consume, what are you reading right now? Um, what book am I reading right now? I just finished the book. Um, the American marriage. Have you read that? I have not. This is why I asked that question. Go ahead. The American marriage. Tell me about that book. It's about a couple that was married in the deep South. 
Um, it's almost like a Netflix series, super good. I would take a look at it. It's not, it's different from what I would usually read because I'm a super like personal development type of guy. Um, but this is a, it's a movie. So I would, <laughs> I would check it out if you can. Um, and what was the second question? Uh, the second question is what are you, when your clients are asking about the market, because, uh, of course they do, um, what are, what are your, how are you helping them cope with the turbulent times that we're in? What are you sharing with them? Um, I'm sure I'm resharing their plan. Hmm. Right. When I'm, when we're dealing with the market, I think it's a good reminder and a good exercise to revisit the plans that we've made and to look at the progress that we've made before reaching this uh, bump in the road, because essentially that's all that is. Right. So sharing the plans sharing historical data, but more so just talking through their feelings. And I think that's what people want um, more so than anything. It's an interesting time because if you look at some of the younger millennials here, this is their first time experiencing a down market, right? Back in 2008, some of those folks were in high school. So now their 401ks are being invested. Their life goals and plans are hanging in the balance and they don't know how to cope, right? So I think that more than anything, it's less about what we know about the market and more about their experience with this new market that we're, we're undergoing, right? So I think that we have a responsibility to listen in this time for all of our clients, hear them out, right? And reassure them with the plans that we made and uh, give them confidence in knowing that time uh, heals all things. Indeed, indeed it does. All right, so please share with the people where they can uh, find you, uh, Facebook, Twitter, where, wherever you are, let us know how to find you. Yeah, uh, before I do that, man, I think that you said something really critical. You said something about, you know, providing access and opportunity for other advisors. I think that you're doing this with invited, inviting me on the podcast. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I talk all the time when I talk about Onward to Greatness that as a Black advisor, we have the oppor- we have the responsibility to what I call push-pull. So that means if somebody is coming behind you and you're trailblazing a path, you need to pull them through that door too. And if somebody's ahead of you, you have to push them forward and root them on, like keep going, you know? So by you having me on the podcast, I really appreciate that. In terms of finding me or contacting me, you can reach me at Disarte Yarnway on Twitter. That's spelled D-A-S-A-R-T-E, last name Yarnway, Y-A-R-N-W-A-Y. And our firm's website is www.berknell.com, B-E-R-K-N-E-L-L.com. Indeed. And no, sir, you are not my competition. My competition is... Chanel, Prada, American yeah. Airlines, Tiffany's, and all the other things that people spend their waste their money on mm-hmm. when they should be prioritizing their goals and their needs first. Yeah. There's there's always going to be a new new purse. There's always going to be a new trip you can take. Those things are always going to be there. Yeah. Let's make sure you're there with them. So. Indeed. With that, sir, again, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, can't wait to, uh, to join you on the young, the, uh, young money podcast. Um, love that name, by the way. <laughs> I have you, have you had Wayne on the show yet? Oh yeah. But if he's listening, <laughs> right, well, yeah, let's, let's get that message out to him. Yeah. Let, let's make that happen. So indeed, my brother, look forward to, uh, joining you on yours again. We appreciate you joining us on ours and, uh, I'll see you on Twitter onward to greatness.
Thanks for joining us on the Money Script Podcast. Be sure to check out our other episodes. Subscribe, follow, and give us five stars. Continue to send your financial questions on Twitter or Instagram at The Money Script. Go to MoneyScriptWealth.com and schedule your complimentary consultation to discuss your specific goals and concerns. Financial advisory and investment management services are offered by MoneyScript Wealth Management PLLC, a registered investment advisory firm registered in the state of Texas and California and other states where exempt. The MoneyScript LLC and the MoneyScript Wealth Management PLLC and guests of the episode may have interest in the investments mentioned today. The opinions and views are expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation for any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a significant loss of principal. The MoneyScript nor MoneyScript Wealth Management offer tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for specific advice about your situation. Until next time.